Do you know, uh, isn't it funny that we sing away in a manger? In, in the sense of outside of the fact that little Lord Jesus is mentioned, there's nothing really of any theological significance in that song. I mean, it's, it's pretty. We like it. We sing it. And Jesus is mentioned. But when you think about it, there's really not a lot else other than the fact that his name is mentioned. But the manger has become such a symbol of Christmas. The fact that God would leave heaven and not just become a man, but would humble himself to the point that he would be allowed to be laid in a manger. A helpless infant baby. John says in John 1.14 that the announcements are coming up. <clears throat> see if we can do this, Mary Jo. I'll, I'll refresh. Talk amongst yourselves. We're going to make it. That the word became, thank you. I actually think Mary Jo, I didn't really do anything. <laughs> and John, it's Christmas, it's casual, and I'm still a little uh, delirious from travel, so just hang with me for a second. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The fact that God became a man. You know, people, uh, Newsweek did a study recently, and uh, people said that if Jesus had not been born, people believed that there would be 63% um, less charity on the earth, 61% less kindness, 59% less personal happiness, 58% less tolerance, and 40% thought there would be more war if Jesus had not been born. And as important as all these implications are, they don't even, they're not really close to the real importance of this day. I mean, those are all just side benefits of this day. But let's look at a couple of things from John's uh, claim about Jesus. This astonishing claim that God became a man. Maybe we've been in church too long to really uh, think about it in, in the sense of how did God become a man? Not only that he did, but that he claimed to. As John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. This is, um, this is an unbelievable claim that the Word, who was with God, was God, in the beginning became a man. It's so unbelievable that there are certain um, sects of what would be considered outside of Christianity that just can't hang on to it. Like, um, um, for instance, a Jehovah's Witness. They would say, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Not God, but a God. And so they, they would hold to this. It, it couldn't be. This is just too much that God could become a man. 
It's an astonishing claim. And if you look throughout history, the people who have generally claimed to be God, things have not gone well for them. In the sense of, um, they're, they're crazy. I mean, they end up not helping people, but hurting people. Um, as a matter of fact, more people claim to be Jesus than over time than actually claim to be God. Jesus is becoming more, so important. People go around saying, I'm Jesus again. I'm Jesus again. But those who have claimed to be God usually end up in some ditch somewhere that's just horrible. But Jesus, his claim to God inspired mankind. It, it changed the whole course of, of history. John goes on in verse 18 and says, No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. It's a further claim of John, who's writing probably 50 years later, maybe more, that God became a man. What does this mean for us, that God became a man? And I think this is so incredibly important. This implication, not only is it an incredible claim, but the implication of if this is true is this. The word brings us into family. I don't know what you think of the day. I mean, Christmas is awesome. We love it. The pastor dresses up goofy. Um, things happen, but the fact that God became a man doesn't just mean there's less violence and less war and more kindness and more hospitals and better schools. It means that you and I become part of a family. It's, it's more than just you get to go to heaven rather than go to hell. God has brought you into his family. Here, here's, what, here's what it says in John 1. Continuing on, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And there's so much in these verses about the rejection of his own people, his own kind, the Jewish people who rejected him. But he goes on and says, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he became he gave the right to become what? Children of God. You have the right to become a child of God. Children not born of natural descent. <coughs> Excuse me. Nor of human decision or a husband's will, meaning um, not out of a sexual relationship, not out of a physical relationship. This is a spiritual implication but born of God. Uh, we as Americans, we love the thought that we have all these rights, right? I mean, that's part of our founding government, that you have a right to this and a right to that and a right to this, and we argue over rights today. But in the Bible, you don't get, you, you, um, if you think about it, the Bible doesn't explicitly give you almost any rights. Because of our sin nature, what we deserve is death, right? We don't deserve 
life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What we deserve, we don't get. But instead, Jesus, John's claim about Jesus is this. Because of Jesus coming as God in human flesh, you have the right to become a child of God. You have a right to become part of his family. This is an incredible claim, an incredible implication that you have the right to be a child of God. In other words, John is saying this, nothing can stop you from becoming a child of God. There is nothing. And people have trouble with this. They, they have this thought that, oh, I, I can't really become a part of God's family because I'm not good enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not smart enough. I've done too many things wrong in my life. But John's claim is this. No, because of what God did in becoming a man, he's giving you the right to become a child of God. The word became flesh, he goes on and says, and made his dwelling, his tabernacle among us. Think about it again. John's, John's language is so lofty that at times we forget the intimacy of what he's saying. God became a man. You have the right to become a child of the Father. Jesus came in human flesh, and he made his dwelling, his home, among us. Not just among us, but in us. His dwelling. You know, um, I've got my whole family here, and we just got back from a, a time together, and there were eight of us in a three-bedroom condo with two bathrooms, and it was very intimate. <laughs> you know, fortunately, I wondered if we were going to make it um, for eight days in this small area, confined. I mean, there's not really a lot that's hidden, you know, tempers, everything is right there for the family. That's, that's the idea of Jesus coming to you. He's made his dwelling. You, you see, we don't, we don't serve a God who is out there at arm's length. We serve a God who is in here and intimately engaged in all of our lives. We serve a God who says, come into my family. Become a part of the family of faith. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are what? We're God's children. We're God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. See, here's my hope for this Christmas morning. And this is the miracle of the manger to me, is that when God left heaven and came to this earth, and became a man and became a baby. He was placed in this insignificant feeding trough for animals in order that we, 2,000 years later, could become part of God's family, that we could be heirs and co-heirs with God, that he could make his home not in a manger but in our hearts. So today, as you celebrate Christmas with your family, Think not just about the peripheral things that come because Jesus came,
But think about the truth that you're part of his family. And he is intimately engaged with you. Pray with me. Lord, we thank you for this day. This is Christmas. This is the day we celebrate the birth of our Lord. The truth that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The truth that the word was in the beginning. That you were God. That you are God. That you came, you lived, you died for us. And that the resurrection proves that you are who you say you are. Lord, we celebrate today. May we enjoy being with each other every moment because we're not only family physically, we are family spiritually, and we are family because of you. May the family of faith show the world that we love each other so much that we've got to be your children. We have to be your disciples. And we say thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.